Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Kevin Amoskonish Milton. Find me on Twitter at Amoskonish. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at RayHunt84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on In That Number Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider sharing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash In That Number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 224, uh, and today we have Sunday afternoon's fourth round FA Cup tie at Vicarage Road to discuss. We just about managed to stay in the competition and kept our record-breaking streak going, thanks to a bench making the difference. Uh, we'll also be on hand to preview next week's trip to Rotherham United. Uh, another maximum allocation sellout as 2,500 Saints fans prepare to march to South Yorkshire. Uh, we have no Kevin today. Uh, he's off for personal reasons and no Tim also because uh, he's still on his holidays. Um, he's in the UK now. Uh, he went to the Watford game on Sunday and uh, he'll also be heading uh, to Rotherham as well. Uh, but we do have our brand new super sub. Uh, his impact last week was was far better than a 20-minute cameo from Sekumara. Uh, and I think you'd agree it was right up there with the subs on Sunday. Uh, so I'd like to welcome back Will Green. Will, absolute pleasure to have you back on. And you've actually received some very positive feedback for for your debut appearance. Absolutely, yeah. And you big me up there. So it's, um, <laughs> hopefully I'm not going to flop this one. But yeah, no, it was, uh, it, was, it was great. Like I said, it's... Um, 
It's the first football or Saints related podcast I've been on. I usually do those kind of like marketing and dog related ones uh, through my uh, my work, and it was nice to get get that feedback. Um, so thank you to everyone that, um, that messaged on on Discord or messaged me to to give me some positive feedback. Well, this is why we're ha- we're having you back, Sue, because it was uh, it was so positive. So yeah, Aww. all good, all good stuff. Um, yeah, Watford. Uh, undefeated in our last nine trips to Vicarage Road and a trend that continues. But more importantly, stretching that unbeaten streak to 22. And of course, we're still in that cup. Uh, Watford taking the lead within five minutes, thanks to an incomplete wall, uh, which uh, Matthias Martins took full advantage of. Uh, Russell Martin sprung the changes and it worked. Uh, Stu Armstrong to the rescue in the 89th minute to keep us alive and kicking. Will, not a great performance, was it? But uh, we got there in the end just about. It was weird, wasn't it? It was like um, we, we've been quite lucky that we haven't had that kind of frustration watching Saints like, like like it was in the first half particularly. So it was a weird feeling. Yeah, we, I mean, it's been a while since we had a, a, a scrapey game like that. I think you could probably go back to the Watford one. Um, but then again, you know, that Watford game, we, we drew right at the death, didn't we? Um, we, yeah. we were obviously one nil up and, and let that slip. The only other game that I can think was like that was probably the Millwall one, which we took right at the end after a frustrating day. Um, and the, the Preston one, which we were losing until the last minute. And of course, I think they were both Ryan Fraser goals, weren't they, that gave us the, the points. Yes, definitely. And uh, yeah, I just think it was we're not used to it now. And maybe that's a, you know, that should show us you know how lucky we've been really to watch the the games that we've been watching and, and be so fluid and you know I, I don't think we we've really witnessed a team just kind of lack a cutting edge like that for, for a little while yeah it certainly uh certainly took us off our uh off our game a little bit didn't it but as i say got there in the end and we're still there we're still we're still kicking um more on that match in a bit but um before we hit the itn news uh, please consider showing your support for the show by uh buying us a coffee uh you can visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number and if you would like to join our discord you can come and join will there will you're there uh we're all there uh just send us a message and uh if you're interested uh, and then we'll get you in uh will should we hit some itn news let's do it this is itn in that number news Okay, uh, we'll we'll start with with the FA Cup. Uh, The fifth round draw was made while we were playing uh, Watford on Sunday. And if we do manage the home replay against Watford, we get the pleasure of a trip to Anfield, Will, uh, to face Liverpool. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I think with that one, I think we we did kind of speak during the game, but I, uh, I, I would love us to play a Premier League side to kind of get idea of how how far we've come. I'd like to see our, you know, our strongest lineup, you know, in full flow against the Premier League side to really get an idea of how, you know, where where we sit. But I wouldn't expect us to uh, to really to see how good we are against a team like Liverpool. I was hoping for someone a bit further down the table, like Man United. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I quite fancy a game against Liverpool to be honest. I think I think we give them a good game. I don't think they'd. Uh, I, I think they could under underestimate us. And like you said, if we put a full strength team out and. Uh, just go there with no fear. There's no sh- no saying what, what we can do, and it would be a nice test, wouldn't it, to see what we could possibly be playing uh, every week next year if we do get promoted. But yeah, uh, yeah of course, the, the we do have to get past Watford first. Well, yeah, that that's a big that's a big hurdle there. 
But um, and we really have to decide how we approach that game, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. But <laughs> um, the with, with Liverpool though, does it not remind you with um uh with Jurgen Klopp stepping down at the end of the season of when Gordon Strachan did that with Saints, and we just completely capitulated as a team after that? And yeah. I, I think dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's good. That's good. It would yeah. be nice to see Liverpool do that. Maybe they could join us in the championship. I just, um, I don't know why, why it wouldn't just be left and announced at the end of the season. It's always about them. It's just, they, they just want it. A bit short-sighted in my opinion. Yeah, and we've had some, uh, some comments this week actually that I want to uh, talk to you about, Will. Um, some, well, it was an interview that uh, Martin Simmons did for Talksport. I'm sure you've heard this, and um, yeah, he's opened up about you know, his last year at the club and had some nice things to say about Ralph. So I'll start with that. Um, he said, Ralph was an unbelievable guy to work with every day. He is only it's only so long uh, you can do the job and deliver what you want every day without softening. I have never met anyone who worked harder. Ralph was there to build a legacy and to help the club get better every day. And that meant a huge amount to us. Uh, being honest, uh, we had a straightforward choice between saying it's time up for Ralph and going in a different direction or changing the backroom staff. So that's what he had to say about Ralph, you know, why it became so difficult towards the end uh, of his uh, his time here. I listened to the whole thing and specifically about Ralph. Um, yeah, I think it was kind of that I, I felt at the time that, you know, it was inevitable that Ralph was going to go. We were mm -hmm. on a bad run and, and he was on balance, a really, really fantastic manager for us. And, you know, uh, he's he is quite well loved by the fans, and he he kept us in the, in the Premier League. So when I think you know, if it hadn't been for him, we would, we would have definitely been relegated. So did Mark Hughes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that consistency and that passion and everything, I think, yeah, you, you know, I I just um, I I I just feel it's quite it's quite sad how it all ended, really. Um, yeah, I still don't disagree with the decision at the time. Um, mm. for him, so. I think me and you are the same on this thing that it was time for him to go, but we still love him as a manager and, you know, and just, it was difficult. I mean, Kev said to me not long ago, actually, I think it was, uh, what was it? The, uh, the Swansea game on Boxing Day, I think it was when he said that, uh, he still wishes that Ralph was still here. He said he still feels it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that when, when Ralph went and that kind of inevitability of him going was really about, the fact that I thought it was going to be like a, a Sam Allardyce or, a, you know, a mm -hmm. person in the league type manager. And I think that if you'd given, um, if you had a fan referendum, which I don't think is ever a good idea, but <laughs> a referendum of like, do you want to keep Ralph Hasenhutl or do you want to have Nathan Jones? I think it would have been quite overwhelming that we'd have kept Ralph. And going on to the other comments that Simmons made, you know, I think it's, he's got, he doesn't seem to understand that as a, con as a context. Because, you know, it wasn't just about Nathan Jones. It was like, this is the guy you've replaced Ralph Hasenhutl with, you know, and you want us to buy into this. Uh, yeah. Mad. Yeah. And like you said, he defended that the appointment of Nathan Jones and saying, well, this is what's getting a lot of the fans backs up. saying that he, he felt he wasn't given the time. Well, yeah, he said two things. He said that he wasn't given time, but he also said that well, he said many more than two things. But he, the other thing he said <laughs> that I picked up on was that. He, um, the fans had written Nathan Jones off before he even started, and I disagree with that. I, no, um, I totally disagree with that. We didn't on the show. We never, we gave him a chance. He was our manager. We had to get behind him. We did give him the yeah, chance, but yeah, 
he was out of its depth, just like Ruben Sayas was. But that, you know, that wasn't his fault. He was never coming into an interview saying that, you know, he's the, he's the best manager for this. He's the best manager for that. He was just put in a position where he wasn't going to be successful. Nathan Jones was the architect of his own demise. And anyone that says otherwise is, has not seen the wasn't living it like like the Saints fans were living it at the time. Yeah. And we were looking, staring down the barrel of potential relegation when he came in. You know, it wasn't dead cert. And um, but by the time Nathan Jones was done with us, it was a dead cert that we were going to get relegated. And I think you can't like, you know, Ruben Sayers' position when he comes in um, after Nathan Jones was not the, you know, the position that Nathan Jones came into when Ralph Ralph Hasenthal came. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It it, it, it set up easier for... uh, Nathan Jones and it was for Ruben Sayers but. and you know and the the thing is is that um, he made us a laughing stock you know there was so much more coverage about Southampton at the time but it was all about the fact that what a crackpot manager we've got you know it's just yeah it, it was embarrassing <laughs> it was and uh, I think you know you can sum the whole interview up uh, by just saying that you know we tried to change things we, we tried to keep things fresh um, and every direction that we went, it didn't work. So it seemed like it was the wrong direction all the time. Uh, you, you try changing the backroom staff uh, to make differences, uh, you know, make difference, uh, differences in the training. That didn't work. Ralph went. Jones comes in. A disaster. I mean, Jesse Marsh is why well. we didn't really talk about him. You know, he turned us down because, well, apparently a lack of vision. Uh, Sayas was out, uh, was oh. out of his depth, as we say, and he couldn't steer the sinking ship. But it's just everything that has happened in Simonson's last year, every decision that they've had to make was the wrong one. Well, actually, I thought there was something revealing about what Jesse Marsh said about coming yeah. to Sam. And I, and I think you and I are aligned that it, we, we didn't see him as the answer anyway. But if you kind of want to look into um, the inner workings of the club, um, that at that time when uh, Je- they were bringing Jesse Marsh in, um, he was ready to sign. He was ready to go. He had, mm-hmm. you know, ready to but you know become the Saints manager and it was a kind of where there was a bit of a hold up on the Saints end about alignment with the board and all that kind of stuff which gave him cold feet and I think like that it, that kind of does show that if there's a lack of alignment in the club or there was you know that that was going to cause issues and it it makes total sense if you look at that last season you know there was just a, it was it, there was there was a lack of um, direction and lack of alignment and yeah, you have to understand that that will have affected Ralph Hasnell and probably Nathan Jones as well. You know, to be complete, you can't say that it affects one and not another one. Yeah. But, you know, it it's this whole like Sports Republic coming in. Maybe they were trying to keep a bit of continuation of how the club was run, how the club was going before they came in because they bought into something that was successful. And then really, you know, they wanted to make their changes and change their direction, but. Um, Unfortunately, they they didn't handle that very well. That that being said, I don't think that you know that's that. I still think Sports Republic is going to be a great thing for Southampton. But um, you know, at that time, it, it had a negative impact. Now they've got to um, you know stomach the relegation. They've got to support the club through relegation and uh, navigate, of course, financial fair play and all the rest. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? It is, especially if they don't get promoted. It's um, Ugh. yeah. Don't. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that but yeah um well, the whole jesse marsh thing i mean we were led to believe that he didn't sign the contract because it wasn't um there wasn't enough uh years on that deal he wanted to sign a long-term deal 
but I mean, as you've said, it, it was the fact that there was a stall at this end, and you know, all the, all the bits that the board had told us why he didn't sign. Was- yeah, well, well, it's, that's what Jesse Marsh said in the interview. Yeah, you know, that's you know, of course, there's different sides of it, and on the board side, they don't actually ever come out and say they ne- they've never made an official comment on it. Um, yeah, no, they haven't. Said, no, you're right. They've said stuff. Uh, Marsh has said stuff, but the board haven't said anything. So we kind of take what the board say through, um, you know, the kind of back channels and, and everything that do exist. But, you know, sometimes, you know, who, who's, who's to say that people haven't kind of made up a, a rhetoric that isn't true? Yeah. Moving on from the whole in- interview, which, by the way, you can watch. Uh, it's available to, to watch on online still, isn't it? You can go on yep. to uh, onto Talksport and, and and find it if you're interested in, in listening to a load of waffle. Go ahead. I'm not going to do that again. But yeah, Stephen Davis will. Uh, 39 year old Stephen Davis announced his retirement. Um, he signed from Rangers in 2012. Uh, rejoined yep. Rangers in 2019 after 226 appearances for us. Uh, 140 caps for Northern Ireland, the most caps in their history. Just yeah, a true leader on and off the field. I'd never heard a bad word said about him, really. He's a firm fan favourite, and it's just, yeah, I really hope he uh, he stays involved in the game in, in some capacity, whether it's coaching or being a pundit or whatever. So, yeah, just wish him the best of luck in his retirement. He's definitely one of the good guys, isn't he? He's yeah. a, We were lucky to have him um, in, in his prime years and um, got a few friends who, uh, he's one of the, you know, a lot of people's favourite players from that era. Yeah, have you got any um any favourite memories from Stephen Davis? So I spoke I spoke to his family and all sorts, and um yeah, he's like just a really decent decent guy, and I, from other people in the club that you know um that have worked with him and you know players that have worked with him, they're all very much uh, they they they've not got a bad way word to say against him. I think he's one of those players as well. We were talking about this quite a lot at the beginning of the season about the players that set the standard within the club. Yeah, uh, and he's one of those. A hundred percent, he's one of those. You know, he's definite captain material for any club that he's been in. Whether he'd be a manager or a coach or something, I don't know. You know, maybe he'll enjoy a bit of retirement first. Yeah, let him let him do that. <laughs> um, but whenever I think of Davis, I mean, I see that that 2015-16 season, and you know, just a mainstay in the middle there. And that, of course, we finished sixth that season. You had the likes of like Pella and Mane, and you had the Europa League, and that was one of my favourite teams. You know, and and our trip to White Hart Lane that year, we, we're one nil down. Uh, and then Stephen Davis had a masterclass and we won 2-1 with a brace from him. And yeah, yeah. he's just part of my favourite squad and just nothing but fond memories. And yeah, just a, just a great player, great professional. Yeah, definitely. Suleimana, Will, he, he's back in training. Good. Which is good. Good to see. We've seen videos of him. And uh, Matt Gill, who, who took the press conference, stated that he's still a couple of weeks away. Uh, but still, I mean, it's great to see him back out there. And uh, yeah, hopefully... Not too, uh, not too long. They did say actually, didn't they? End of Feb, sorry, uh, end of January, beginning of Feb, we should uh, should see him uh, getting some action. So hopefully, not too long. Where do you think he fits in if he comes back? Well, I said that I love Ryan Fraser as a as a super sub, but the way that Fraser's been playing lately, he can't. I mean, he didn't really have a great a great super sub appearance yesterday. Uh, but the way uh, Fraser's been playing, you can't leave Fraser out of the team at the moment. So I think it's just between them two, isn't it? I just think there's a lot of games in February. So I just think you need to use the whole squad. So it, yeah, it's, it's nothing but good to see, uh, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a competition for that spot. 
definitely, definitely. Uh, and uh, quickly on Joe Rebo, uh, he's in AFCON and Nigeria. They are through to the quarterfinals, although Rebo played no part in their uh, last 16 encounter against Cameroon. They won the game 2-0. Adamola Lookman got both of their goals. Remember him? He was at Everton, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really new. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big loss for us because yesterday he, Rebo would have, would have played in that game. Um, uh, you know, he would have Instead put, of Rothwell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think would have been a, a better option there. Yes. Oh, definitely. Considering what we saw from Rothwell yesterday. But again, more on that in a bit. But uh, Angola, <laughs> they await in the quarterfinals on Friday, uh, by the way. So uh, look out for that. Hopefully he gets some, gets some action in that game. Uh, some transfer news then, Will. Uh, we, I'll start with the outgoings because we've lost Cammy Doyle. Uh, he's gone to Brighton. And it's always yeah. sad when you, when you have a young player that, you know, you hold high hopes for, uh, you know, he moves on. He's been with us since he was nine, uh, yeah. which is probably only a couple of years ago. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, he's, uh, he's, he's made his first team appearances and, you know, his contract was up in the summer. He wasn't keen to re-sign. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what, what I feel about this one. I mean, he's only going to get those same amount of chances at Brighton, isn't he? But, you know, at least he's he's in the Premier League, I suppose. But, you know, he'll play under 21s and he'll play the odd cup game. But pretty so, much like what he's doing with us. But Yeah. The thing I will I will say, though, is I, I, I always feel like when you lose a player like that, a young player that... Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You know, is there something that we're not seeing that, that, that the other team are? Like, are we missing out on something? Is there like a secret um, there that they've unlocked? I mean, Brighton's recruitment has been spot on lately, so... Yeah, but I guess the question is, is that... Um, is he leaving because of him or is he leaving because of the club? Is this a shortcoming of, a, of the club or is this like just all on him? He's got because it doesn't make sense for me. He, he's going for first team football when he's much less likely to get first team football there than he is at Southampton. Hmm. Uh, so I, I don't agree with that. And whereas what the, the, the statements that the club are making, which is that, you know, he wasn't going to sign a contract. It seems to be a much more reasonable argument that the the club have made that you know we, we we've sold him because otherwise we're going to lose him anyway um whereas his argument that he's made about going there um is that you know he he um wanted first team football which makes me think that you know the the move has come from the player not the club but i don't think it's that the club are overlooked anything i just think it's you know the player agitating the move yeah and this is the whole situation with shay isn't it i said that if he... You can't let players' contracts run out because you know that you need to get them sold beforehand, and maybe that's 
what they've done here. Maybe the offer came in and they thought, well, let's 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 test the water here and uh, see if they're they'll be willing to to let him go. Doyle's just been like, oh, good chance for a, a new a new chapter. I could get some first team football here. Go to yeah. a Premier League club. I mean, I, I hope he's made the right decision for himself. Yeah, but I think with it's, it's slightly different with Jay because like uh, oh, Jay, of course, can, yeah, yeah, he can like be part of something this season, get us promoted. And if he got us promoted and he left, you know, fine. We uh, it's much more, you know, valuable to us to get promoted than it is to cash in six million or yeah. whatever it would be, because that's what we're talking about, I think, in the regional. Yeah. Um, yeah, much more valuable. The difference is, is like if we didn't get promoted and he still went, then that is a, you know, that then you could say, oh, maybe we should have cashed in. But that, you know, yeah. everything's gamble at this stage, isn't it? So. Yeah, and hopefully it's not the wrong wrong decision. But yeah. Uh, Again, I, I, I'll say uh, I hope he's made the right decision. I hope he does get some first-team football, and I hope, yeah, Brighton get the best out of him. But it's just uh, I just feel like that mm, Brighton saw something in him that we perhaps didn't. I mean, we don't know. I mean, they could have said they could have promised him first-team football more than what he, than he was getting. Alex McCarthy though uh, could be off to to Saudi. Uh, I don't. That's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, it's good for him. You you get to go. I mean, what is he? Thirty-four. You get to go off to Saudi and get a massive payday before you retire. But I can't see the fascination with it, to be honest. Well, there's something in this, actually. Um, there's something interesting because did you see that the club put out a video recently about uh, the, you know, the goal, goalkeepers training and the, and you know, the goalkeeping coach was mic'd up. And, you yes, know, they, I did. Yes. Yeah. Well, so that came out, what, a week ago or so? Um, McCarthy but, was smiling and laughing and joking in that as well. <laughs> uh, but did you not? Did you notice that what game they were preparing for? It was the Millwall game. Wow. So that was shot ages ago. Um, oh wow! In the video, they say a couple of times about with McCarthy about having to watch his back. You know what? You know, as in like a back injury and like, oh, my back's that's why my back's so bad. I just think that I, what I picked up in in that is that he has actually had an injury, which they've not wanted to like draw massive attention to, because you know I think ideally the club would like to sell him, um, although that will leave us a little bit short in the goalkeeping department, especially at the end of the season. Well, you've got uh, Matthias Liss coming back. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. But yeah, I just picked up on the fact that, see, see from a kind of commercial background, um, and the commercial background that I have, is sometimes you do have these videos and they take a lot, long time to get signed off for this reason or that reason or whatever. And it, because the footage is so old and because th- this is quite unusual for the club to like not put a bit of footage out straight away, I was just thinking, well, why is that? And all I could think was that it was because of the Alex McCarthy situation in there that, you know, maybe they've been hiding the fact that he has had quite a bad back injury or something. Wow, that's a great spot. I didn't notice. That's, 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 this is an exclusive on, in that number. Uh, well <laughs> spotted, Will. Um, I'd never even thought about that. So, yeah, now they're releasing that, that, that now. Yeah, because we never actually got an explanation as to why McCarthy. Just, I mean, there were he was obviously on the bench. He was always going to be playing back up to Gavin Bazunu, but then all of a sudden we we kept on seeing Lumley on the bench, and it was like, well, what's happened to McCarthy? No one's mentioned him. No yeah. one said that you know why he isn't playing. So I, that would not surprise me if he was nursing a little bit of an injury, which they wanted to keep on the uh, on the hush hush. So, and nobody's going to ask, are they? Nobody's going to ask, oh, is there any in- injury update on Alex McCarthy? Exactly. Everyone just assumed he's been dropped because, of, I don't know. But, you know, he, and the other thing is that Alex McCarthy and I, th- I, oh, I think Alex McCarthy 
Didn't he have? He, he knew um, Russell Martin beforehand as well. I um, guess so. So yeah, he, they they actually knew each other. So it's not like they got any beef or anything. But I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Bump that price up now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and in terms of uh, incomings, uh, Russell Martin is, is still saying that he's hopeful for uh, one more incoming uh, before that window closes. And remember, that window shuts uh, on Thursday this week, first of the first. Um, and there's still news, Will, about David Brooks and, and Manuel Benson. I mean, I, I'm thinking something's going to happen with Benson. Uh, yeah. We've also heard rumours of uh, the Crystal Palace winger. I'm going to butcher his name, I'm sorry. Uh, Jessica and Raksaki. Uh, I don't know much about him, to be honest. I think he was a, a youth player at Chelsea. Um, looks like a decent prospect. Um, Callum O'Hare, I know that you're interested in Callum O'Hare. Everyone's interested in Callum O'Hare. I mean, he's out of contract at Coventry, so there's another good one. Uh, Tim's a big fan of him also. Um, and there's a Celtic Israeli forward, Leal Abada, uh, and talking about a loan deal for him. Um, but yeah, there's... Um, there's a few players that have been mentioned in this in this last week, but the one that stands out for me is is obviously this this Benson one. It keeps on popping up the most, uh, yeah. so and I think that one could possibly be be the, be the real one. Yeah, that that sounds like it. But you know, obviously we've also got this this thing where Leeds are after him as well, and um, I don't know. Is it a game of chicken about who's going to you know pay over the odds? Um, it. I don't, you know, if if the player really wanted the move and wanted to push for the move, I'm sure it it would have happened. We're talking about Benson because Benson, yeah, ben, Benson, yeah. Benson has said that he wants to move to Saints. Apparently, so. Really? Um, that's what I've heard. Uh, and yeah, it could it could very well be. I mean, Burnley could just be holding off on it. I'm just listening to Russell Martin's comments or reading his comments and stuff, and he's saying, well, when any when anyone's quizzed him about Benson, he's just like, well, we'll have to see. So I, I just have a feeling that is incoming. I think that the, the deal has been done. And the fact that he's confident that we are going to get one more player, it seems to me that something has been agreed. Um, yeah. but they're just waiting for the deadline day drama, like usual. Yeah, definitely. I just what I don't understand though is I, I'm assuming that if we bring a low, loan player in, then we have to, ha- you know, we have to have a we, we can we can't play all our loan players at once. But do we have to cancel a loan as well? Or I think that's pretty obviously going to be Holgate, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's been rumours that he's had a medical at Sheffield United. It's since been rubbished. I mean, I don't know what's happening there, to be honest. Still mm. playing him though. I mean, he was he was. They talked about him moving uh, back to Everton just before the Warsaw game, and then he played him in the Warsaw game. We thought, oh hello, maybe not then. And then he hasn't played since. There's talks about him going to Sheffield United, and boom, he's back in the starting eleven again. I think at half time, I was like, send him back now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he did have a really good second half. Or he, he had a very a better good second half. Last, last third of the game. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, is there any more uh, transfer news that you're uh, excited about, or is it all um, rubbish for you? No, I think that like, we have been linked with a few kind of completely random players out in in Portugal and a few other places. And I think uh, Russell Martin said in the last interview uh, that we've been linked to some players that I've never heard of, and I. I imagine, yeah, hmm. those, those might be those players. Um, <laughs> it was interesting as well because, you know, there have been a few stories recently about ex, um, ex-Premier League footballers and ex-kind of um, fringe players that about how they use agents to kind of get a move. And uh, there was even, and I've totally forgotten who it was, but it was a, an ex-kind of Man United youngster that was, you know, getting his agent to link, up, link him to Southampton loads. Um, just to you know, get a new, better new contract and stuff. So, 
it's you know we have to understand how the world of transfer works that us being linked to somebody is actually sometimes just a because they want a, they want an internal move or something else so. yeah yeah absolutely um it's just uh trying to filter out all the dross at this time of the year it'll be over soon it will be over yeah some loan loan watch news then uh nico lawrence he's been recalled from his loan spout at colchester united torrid time for him i mean he was out on loan at torquay last year if you remember and he actually won their young player of the season i mean he goes to colchester at the start of this year he's played five games and then he had that serious injury and it's kept him out for the last 21 weeks uh but so he's going to return to staplewood and and continue his rehab there and we've already recalled Thierry Small from St Mirren so I don't really know what's going on with him uh probably get another loan uh on deadline day uh Lewis Payne as well I mean he played uh, against Man United he came on uh in their FA Cup game last night but uh, they lost 4-2 of course under 21s played in the Premier League International Cup against Celtic on Wednesday at the Snow Stadium and they lost 3-1 uh, but 16-year-old Thierry Rohart-Brown was making his debut uh, and he marked it with the opening goal as well. So uh, good on him. Uh, and their next match is actually Monday night, Monday the 29th. So that's tonight as we're recording. And they are playing uh, Leicester at Leicester City's training ground at seven o'clock tonight. Um, and the women, they've got a new signing. I don't know if you heard this one. Well, I'm sure you did. It was um, we, we signed Harland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> joined the goalkeeping core. Uh, Benedict Harland. She's 25. Uh, she's got experience across Europe uh, and in the Super League. Three games since we recorded last, unbelievably. They, they actually won 3-0 at St. Mary's. Uh, in their return to league action uh, against Watford. Uh, Megan Collette scored and uh, Sophia Farrah got a brace. And then we played at the Silver Lake uh, on Thursday night uh, in the Conti Cup to face Spurs, and we lost 3-0. So that's ended our league uh, League Cup campaign. And then back to the Championship at Bramall Lane on Sunday, uh, a 1-0 win, thanks to an early goal from uh, Katie Wilkinson. And the next match is Crystal Palace at St. Mary's on Sunday the 4th. Um, right, Will, Watford, FA Cup fourth round then at Vicarage Road. Yes. This was it. Um, l- looking for progression into the fifth round uh, once again. The last time we failed to make the fifth round, by the way, was back in 2019-20. Of course, last year we were dumped out in the fifth round by Grimsby, but uh, we're, we're not there yet. Uh, we one 1-1 draw ensures a replay at St. Mary's. And that's most likely to be played on Tuesday the 6th or Wednesday the 7th. Uh, The TV have actually announced the the two games that they are showing, and they are both on the Tuesday and the Wednesday. So it's going to be one of those games, uh, one of those days rather. And that's going to be sandwiched between our games against Rotherham and Huddersfield. Um, But yeah, a 1-1 draw. We did did it the hard way. Uh, had to battle in that second half because the first half was nowhere near good enough. The subs made the difference. We expected changes and, and we'll, we got them. Nine of them, in fact. Um, it was the same amount that we saw against Warsaw. Now, I know because me and you watched the game together on Sunday um, that you weren't you weren't too impressed with the changes that Russell Martin made. No, no, I wasn't. And um, and also, we we kind of told them exactly what we were going to do beforehand because we... We, he'd already said that uh, Rothwell was going to be playing, mm-hmm. which, which made me think, OK, so that, you know, maybe he'll either integrate him into the team, um, you know, to give him a fighting chance or I don't know. You know we'll, we'll see. And then obviously taking off uh, the players that we took off for the under 21s, 
um, which told them exactly who we were going to be playing and the exactly the so they you know Watford would have known that we were going to be playing a weaker side so they must have been thinking okay you know, yeah from the off yeah you know, we if we play a full strength side so we might have a good chance. I generally think that if we had played our, our full strength side, we would have won. And we, but we didn't. I, th- I think the mistakes that were made, the the passing was all from players that are not um, that are not playing week in week out. And I, and I totally understand that you know you need to rotate the side and blah blah blah. But you know it's backfired, doesn't it? Well, I'm going to actually back you up a little bit here because I know it's easy to say that you. I mean, we, as I said, we made nine changes for the Warsaw game and we won four nil. Um, in hindsight, you look back at it and say, well, the reason that we didn't win this game is because we didn't have the full strength side out. But actually, as soon as that side was was announced an hour before kickoff, you said that this game isn't we're not going to win this game. This is not good enough. So it wasn't as if, you know, you saw this at halftime and thought, well, he's made a mistake. You know, the, the, these changes shouldn't have been. There was too many of them. So in fairness to you, you noticed this straight away and said it's not going to be good enough to overcome a, a decent championship side on their own patch. And the other thing is that, you know, because we were having this discussion during the game, but but to enlighten everyone, um, we, we were talking about the fact that when you bring a player in that's a fringe player, you know, you need to bring them into the system. And the system has to be, you know, operating with the core of players that, you know, know how that operates and, you know, so they have an expectation of like how people around them should be playing and how to bring them into the game and all sorts. And but if you if you lose that kind of core within the side, then you've got inexperience against inexperience. So you don't the players don't know how to read each other and you're basically setting people up to fail. And and that's how I felt when I saw it. I was like, well, you know, you've got, you know, Howard Bellis there and you've got Che Adams there. But, you know, you haven't got that stability through the middle. Um, you know, Rothwell's a very experienced, very, you know, uh, you know, solid player, but he doesn't know our system. He's not able to, like, dictate that system. And um, not to jump ahead as well, is you, you know, when we made changes in the second half, some of the players that were playing in the first half looked so much better. Alcaraz is a great example because, you know, the, pl- the players and the system around him is, is um, he knows in, he knows how that works. He's comfortable with how that works. And, and so... I wouldn't usually like, kind of, I guess take such a. I haven't taken offence, but you know, I take such umbrage <laughs> with the lineup. But I just thought, wow, you've really set this up to fail. And I, I really feel for some of the players like Dibbling, because if you brought Dibbling in with a better core, a uh, better, you know, more experienced players, then he would have done so much better. And, I, and, um, yeah, I just think it, 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 we set players like that up to fail. Possibly. And now we've got a com- compacted. Uh, month because we've got an extra um, fixture. An extra game now, yeah. Yeah, and it's, there is a difference between, you know, a bit of squad rotation and bringing players in to give them an opportunity and just kind of like a wholesale lineup change that brings loads of players in and, and you could argue gives them an opportunity, but it doesn't give them like as good an opportunity if you brought them in, um, you know, with other players. This is why, it, to go to a complete tangent, this is why things like the England B team never worked because, you know, mm. it was like you were just bringing in the whole second string um, to play in an England shirt. That's what all it was. You know, they don't do it anymore because what it, what it, what's important, they know, is like, OK, the, the core of that squad, um, you want to bring a player in and see how they work within that. You don't want to just play a different squad. You don't learn as much. And I don't think we learn anything from the first half apart from we can't play that squad again. 
<laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, you need to bring these youngsters in in a, in, a, in a system that's working, and so they know how to work the system rather than you know putting them in with all these players that don't know how to play the system, like a Rothwell. Wow. That, you know, 14 days ago, he's only he only signed 14 days ago. He doesn't know the system yet, and you're putting him in, you're putting all these players in and around him like Dibbling, like Magoma, to 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 play a system that they're not they're not gonna not gonna learn off the players that know best. So yeah, it's um, in that yeah. sense, I, I get what you're saying. Um, he has spoke out, Russell Martin. He's defended his decision and says he's got no regrets over the selections. And he was asked if he wished he made fewer changes. He says not one bit because I have to keep the players happy and healthy and keep learning about them. They play together a lot in training, not quite the same thing, and compete together. Uh, if they don't get on the pitch now, we have so many games in February, they will be needed. With the young guys, part of the reason we are in this job is because of what we have uh, have done with young players in the last four years. If we don't give them opportunities, we are not going to learn about them and they are not going to develop. I have no regrets about that. We knew the bench was strong and we, we would be in with a chance to finish the game well if we were still in it after 60 minutes. OK, so f- fine, he can say all of that. But like what what I'm going to judge it on is what do we do for the replay? <laughs> this is interesting, actually, because I think he will go at it. He will go at it. And as I said, this 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 replay will be coming in between Rotherham and Huddersfield. So it's going to be on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. If, for instance, where we go to Rotherham on Saturday and we put put in a brilliant first half performance and like like we did against Swansea, we go three 0 up. He takes his first team players off and then he brings on the players like Magoma and Dibbling. And then he's got a, a, another full strength side to go and give it a real good fucking go at Watford. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. So Magoma was brilliant, by the way. I thought he was good. Yeah, I thought he did well. So it's not necessarily like like him, like bringing on Magoma, great. Bringing on Dibbling is great. I think, you know, like uh, that's not that's not a problem. I, I, what what it is is, you know, that core is still needed. You know, you can't, I don't think you can take, you know, Flynn Downs out of the side and Smallbone out of the side, you know, um, that... To, to, to change the, the centre of the park that much is just too much, I think. And, Char- and Charles and Rothwell didn't work without Downs. Yeah. That, and that, 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 was, that was missing. That was big, big time. And, and Stewie Armstrong, you know, as well. Yeah. It's such a... It's too much. It's, it's too big a change. Um, yeah, they they're just didn't have that spine um, to the team. And, Won't yeah. it be really, really interesting to see if he actually does play with a full-strength side in that replay? Because then... He's admitting defeat. He said that he doesn't regret his decision. And then why not, you know, do that to make make like pick that same team for the replay? If you're yeah, backing that, what you did, that's exactly what you've got to do. But I think if he makes three or four changes, then then I'm all for that. I'm you know that's fine. But I just don't think you can swap the whole team out like he did. If we can't learn that we can't do that, then there's something wrong. I don't think he will. I don't think he's got the balls for it, Will. I really don't. I think he's going to have to go. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Full, you know, full, full on. Knowing that you get a chance to go to Anfield as well as a reward. 
I yeah. think he's going to go for it. Yeah, not not the best of starts to the game then, was it? It was on the back for you know, wayward passing, as you, as you mentioned, Watford on the up. And Holgate was in trouble almost instantly, fouling a spree and, and picking up a booking. <laughs> and it ultimately gave them that free kick in the dangerous area that they took advantage of. I mean, it was shambolic, wasn't it? It was... Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I don't know what Holgate was doing, really. Um, I, I, I do think on the positive side to try and be balanced about it as well is that, um, you know, we've learned as a team that we can't, that we, we sometimes have to take a, a, a professional foul. Mm-hmm. We've hit too many goals in the past where we haven't taken the professional foul. Dozy is one of the great examples. Yes. Yeah. Hadozi did that. Yeah. Um, but I just, from, from the moment of the foul to how we then set up against it. And the more you see that, free kick and whatever um we, I, don't, I don't know what we were doing one man wall that was kind of like away from the goal <laughs> so like it was, yeah. surely surely Lumley needs to set up a two or three man wall right at that point to stop that shot going around it was um yeah yeah totally his fault and and then his attempt to save it i don't know what he was doing he looked like an action figure falling off a bar <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of a slow reactions, wasn't it? It wasn't uh, wasn't the best of uh, of efforts. It, it reminded me of that clip when that kid gets thrown in front of a ball by his dad. Um, <laughs> I know, I know the one. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, know. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, and there was a lot of negativity from from you actually. Um, not happy. Uh, Alcaraz as well. You, you you weren't too happy about his performance. He was quite wasteful. Um, Jack Stevens was pinging balls all over the shop with no accuracy. And we had Holgate out of position. I didn't even know if he was playing it right back at some point. Uh, Rothwell yeah. and Charles just not involved. Um, I think Rothwell went not for a, a fun experience. Just awful. And, and to, to, for context, I'm usually very optimistic. I'm usually a very optimistic supporter. I was quite hungover. So maybe yes. that. But, yeah. Know. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I'm not often hungover these days. Um, but uh, yeah, I just it just wasn't right, was it? It was just not at all. Um, and there was a moment as well from from Joe Lumley when he when he rushed from his net, um, and he was never going to get that, was he? And just caused oh. all sorts of problems, and we were lucky to get away with it. Yeah, I mean, like uh, in the first half, there was some there was some good stuff, even though like it's easy to write off that whole first half as, as horrendous. There was a ball from Jack Stevens coming in the seventh minute. Which went up, um, you know, he was play- playing balls up to the striker, and it actually worked really well. The problem is, I, I think he, in the rest of the game, he tried that about eight or nine other times, and he, it usually went out for a throw. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but that that point was really good. And then there was that on the tenth minute, um, Dibbling did an, an immaculate cross over yes. to Alcaraz, but it's just maybe to the wrong player in Alcaraz um, uh, who put put their header over and then um, oh no put, put it straight to the keeper I think that's right no he did put one over as well I think. and I think there was 10 minutes then of just really frustratingly bad passing and and this again not to labour the point but this is what I felt is that well you know if you're not even getting that basics right it's it, it maybe you know with a with a few more experienced players they would have kind of like calmed the game down started to try to impose what we'd usually try and impose in the game and it just wasn't just wasn't happening no and uh howard bellis strange one because i mean there were some good moments from him he was incredible defending and there was a lovely last ditch tackle to prevent i think it was um asprea 
who yeah. would, have, would have made it too. But then he had a moment where he slipped and he sort of like couldn't regain his balance. And I think it was Bio then who shot and put it wide. So there were moments where Watford should have been punishing us, but we just kept yeah. getting away with it. Um, but yeah. Harwood Bellis actually had a really good game, but it was just a couple of a couple of bad moments that that could have cost us. But yeah, got away that's, with them. But that's just a. I think that was just an unfortunate one. He was a little bit off balance, and he kind of got his foot in front of it. But you know, it it, it was unfortunate. So I, I don't wouldn't blame him too much like for that one. Um, but it was that you know the things I was tearing my hair around um, was the the whole gate mistake in Lumley coming out and that was around 30 minutes um then on 35 minutes we went up and do you remember dibbling got the ball on the ed- edge of the area when he really didn't have any defenders in front of him and you just thought shoot come on and he oh and he, yes yeah the, yeah he had a bit of space yeah yeah and that that was quite a that was quite a frustrating one because you know that i think that was our best opportunity in the first half lack of confidence there i think uh, adam armstrong yeah. would have hit that he would have he would have gone for it um Possibly a Shea Adams as well, but yeah. Um, and I looked at the stats at half time, and it wasn't it wasn't great because like we had two shots to their nine, uh, one shot on target to their three, um, and yet we had you know double the amount of touches and 63% possession, and it's just that they were making things. Well, I say they were making it count. They only had one goal really, didn't they, with the three on target? Yeah. We knew we had a strong bench, and it, it had to happen quite soon. I was quite surprised though that we didn't make any changes at halftime, especially with those two early yellows. Yeah, and I just assumed it would be making changes. But did you hear the quote about what Russell Martin said at halftime? So when interviewed, he said he was surprised by the disappointment in the uh, dressing room at halftime, and he said that, and to, to directly quote him. The players set such high standards for themselves, and that is the re- you know. That, and he was saying that's kind of the reason they were so disappointed. And yeah, like players do set high standards, but I actually think it was totally different. I think it was more than that. It was the fact that you know the second string were there. They felt that like this was their opportunity, and they were like letting it fall through their hands. And individually, you know, most of those players would have done much better had they come into a side that were you know that was um. <clears throat> into the side that's already performing well. Mm. But, um, you know, they were missing their opportunity because, well, for Dibbling, for instance, he just wasn't brought into the game by anybody. He would have been if it was, you know, we had a bit more experience than that. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, I'm not surprised. And, but and you know, obviously Russell Martin maybe has, has a little bit of an oversight there because he should be thinking, well, this isn't the side that, have, that are successful, you know. Yeah, they haven't set the standard. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We were quite slow to get going into the second half again, and it was um, Watford still posing a bit of a threat. And it wasn't until that 63rd minute quadruple change that that was the turning point, wasn't it? Because we we saw uh, Rothwell, Charles, Adams, and Dibbling all off. Um, felt a little bit sorry for Dibbling. You said at the time because he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't doing anything bad, but he just wasn't uh, getting involved enough from when well, nobody was bringing him in, in, in bringing him into the game enough um yeah. we saw Stuart Armstrong come on Will Smallbone Ryan Fraser and Adam Armstrong um, and it looked better um, and I said to you of around 20 minutes left I remember this I said there's still plenty of time we can still do this um yeah. and then we, we 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 peppered the goal a little bit there and I think Holgate had a shot as well didn't he and Stu had a few pingers and it was um it, it was looking better well, the thing is about that change is that it wasn't just the players that came on that that um, made the difference at that point. Al- Alcaraz is suddenly playing better. Um, Holgate's playing better. 
you know, the players that were in the system are playing better with those changes. And it can't, I'm, I'm going, I know I'm going back to the same point, but this, this is, that is basically my point is that, you know, when you, when you're playing alongside the, the players that know the system, that are doing well, that have been doing well, then, then yeah, you're, you're going to play better. You're going to be more confident. Also, what, Watford changed things up a bit as well. They, they went for um, five at the back, didn't they? And that seemed to, uh, it didn't seem to work for them at all. No, no, not at all. So, yeah, um, good, good for us because I think that, um, when we've had games in the past and, you know, teams have parked the bus, uh, we've really, really struggled. Um, but we were, we seemed to do even better when that happened. Yeah, it was good. It was nice. And of course, the, the goal came in the 89th minute. It was a lo- lovely finish from Stu. Uh, just sent the 4,000 fans or so wild. And Yeah, def- and, I, and I think like with Stu, because like recently, um, that I've, I've noticed just how good his composure is in and around the box. You know, we've seen him with his cutbacks and his passing in the box, and he is so clinical and so he's such a great player. I just, I think he's going to be so important for us this for the rest of the season. I don't see him staying. I, you know, I still no. think that um, because every every way you look at it, I don't know. You know, I still don't know if he would be an integral part of a Premier League side. Not now, no. I think he'd want to be in the Championship for another season with Saints. Um, I, I think he will go up, um, back up to Scotland. But you know, I think like we should really enjoy him while he's here. Absolutely. The, the season. Yeah, he's he's brilliant. I love him. And he also put it in the same place that the Watford goal was in as well, just right in that same spot. <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah it's excellent. Um, but do you know the the funny thing is, Will, I've actually thought we were going to get a winner because I think we were playing a lot better after that. After that, I know there was only a little bit. I think it was six minutes added on time, but in that stoppage time I thought you know what we can do this we can actually win this game and I felt confident that we would the right players on the pitch and the way that we were playing at that point it could have happened I think if there was more time we would have got the winner yeah another 45 minutes yeah (laughs) (laughs) no I think you know maybe like 10-15 more minutes or so um we we could have like engineered that opportunity but um, yeah, you know, maybe you could argue that the changes should be made earlier in the second half. But and you know, maybe if we'd made some changes at halftime, then then maybe we would have we would have done. But yeah, you know, I think it was a bit of relief really to get that goal. And I think we we were even though we had some really good spells and we did make some options, I thought felt like you know in on the balance we were quite lucky because they they really you know if Watford were better on their day, they could have really put that game beyond us. Oh yeah, and they, 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 I think there was a moment at the end as well, wasn't there, when they caught us on the counter? Yeah, and yeah. Like, oh shit, no, don't do this now. And I thought no, but yeah, it was um, it was all fine. Uh, well, I say fine. Um, sixty-nine percent possession in the end, nineteen shots to their thirteen, eight, uh, eight on target to their four. Complete turnaround. I mean, you bear in mind where they had three shots on target in that first half alone, and they only had four in the second. Uh, four, you know, total. So only one yeah. more. Uh, so completely slowed everything down for them and, uh, and yeah, overtook them in every stat, apart from the, the one that matters. But there's a few players that didn't cover themselves in glory, as I said. Uh, Lumley was yeah, poor, poor wall, slow reactions, came rushing out on a ball he didn't get. Uh, we mentioned Holgate. He, he didn't look uh, interested, I guess, at times. He just seemed to be not offering himself up and out of position quite a bit. Uh, Shay Charles. I think this was his worst performance because I rate him quite highly. Joe Rothwell, I mean, we've seen enough of him now. We've seen it. Well, not enough. We've seen a bit of him now. Uh, they were just quiet. 
and and I mentioned this before. If these two are going to be playing in this system, they can't be doing it without Flynn Downs. Yeah, I mean Rothwell in particular was a passenger, wasn't he? And mm. and that's probably what we would have said about his twenty minutes in the last game as well. Um, I still think you know he'll come good, but and he needs the opportunities. But I just he needs to be playing alongside you know, the the more experienced centre mids to kind of get that experience. And once players are successful in in the system or in, you know, uh, however you look at it in, in, the, in the team, um, you know, they'll, they'll get that confidence and that momentum that they'll start to do a lot better. But yeah, he just, um, he was very quiet, um, did, did kind of like wonder where he was for a lot of the first half in particular. Yeah, and, and I, when we signed him, he said he's not going to be a six. He's going to be more of an eight. Um, but the way that we set up, it was a four-three-three, wasn't it? Who's sitting? You got Shay Charles is probably sitting in that holding row. Does that yeah. mean that Joe Rothwell and Carlos Alcaraz are both attacking? Like, because to me, it looked like Rothwell was was holding as well. It looked like he was playing that six, and Alcaraz was just that that little bit more freedom. And then obviously you've got the three up front uh, with Dibbling, Adams and and, uh, and Mara. But yeah, it did seem like he was playing that six more so than the eight. So what yep. is what is his role? I mean, is he is he confused? I mean, he said in the week that he was scratching his head over the, the system. But I'm confused. I don't know whether he's going to be a six or an eight. I just don't know now. Well, when um, Shea Charles is on the pitch, he's always going to be the six. Um. Yeah, you know, he's he's the he's that he's the most offensive midfielder we've got, isn't he? Mm. Yes. Um, so I think that is always going to be a given. So he has to be um, more advanced. It's just maybe like with positional play, um, Alcaraz is quite uh, you know forward thinking. He's he's obviously one of the more attacking players that we've got up there. I think when you look at like versatility of somebody like Stu Armstrong who can play a lot of those roles, you know, very to a very, very high standard, then you you might be thinking that he should be trying to emulate that a little bit and that would be the kind of player to look at. Mm. Um but versatile, I, yeah. But but Stuart Armstrong's so good with the ball at his feet and so composed, you know, it's a it's a tough fact, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, you're not gonna be as good as him straight away. Uh, in this system, I mean, anyway, but yeah, um, Russell Martin said uh, they've got an amazing mentality and we're relentless in the second half. The last 30 minutes in particular, they just won't accept being beat, which is an amazing trait for any team to have. I think we deserved that for the second half performance. We had a lot of control in the first half, but the goal is a rubbish one to concede. To give away the free kick and concede that goal is disappointing. We lacked a bit of aggression at the start. We didn't have enough purpose with anything and we're a yard off where we should be out of possession. Uh, the guys who came on made a huge impact in the game. We probably scored too late, but we're still trying to win it. Um, agree with that? Anything you disagree with there? No, I agree with that. I think um, yeah, he's going to have to be very, very careful about what he says after a game like that. Because <laughs> the, whole, the whole purpose of playing like the, the, you know, uh, the kind of second string is to give them a bit of confidence, give them some game time, you know, to kind of make them feel they're part of the picture and they're getting their opportunity. Um, and so it would be obviously completely reckless to come out afterwards and, and say, well, you know, they were they were awful and you know, because he did he did do that after the the, the, the Gillingham game, didn't he? Yeah. He said, oh, there's a lot of players that won't be here and yeah, that's right. right, yeah, yeah. 
you know, so it's not like he's not capable of doing that. He, he he clearly believes in the players that he gave the opportunity to. So that's great. I'm I'm all for that. Um, maybe he just has to like think about how he gives players an opportunity, and and maybe when we're making changes in the game, um, we'll see some of these players get a bit more of an opportunity off the bench. And I think that would be a great takeaway from this. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I agree. And it'll be so. I've said it before. I say it again. It's going to be so interesting to see what he does with that replay, with that lineup. Is he going to go, for, you know, full on, or is he going to stick to his guns and do what he did in the first game? Who knows? Yeah. Um, man of the match, Will. It's a difficult one, isn't it? And mm. and, and we did debate this in the game because I, I think that at half time we were trying to say like, well, who would you pick as the man? <laughs> at this point, it was difficult. Yeah. And. And you could quite, you know, a lot more easily pick out the antithesis, couldn't you? You could pick out the players that were clearly... Yeah, Lumley, Alcaraz, Holgate. And, and there's an unwritten rule, isn't there? We usually say not to not to give it to a player that hasn't played the full game or has only played a small amount. But um, I don't care. I'm, gi- I'm giving it to Armstrong. <laughs> I just think, like, he came on, he was such a big part of changing the game. Um you know, I think he's so important for us. He's going to be so important. Um, and I really would love it if, like, his legacy at Southampton was, bit, you know, being a key player to get us promoted. And I think I'd wish him very well um, moving on at the end of the season. And may, may, maybe that goes with, with some of the other players that would move on. But, you know, I, I, I felt he was just so critical to changing the game. And he scored the goal, obviously, which came from his composure. So, yeah. yeah, Stu Armstrong for me. Uh, I'm glad you said that because I've got him down as well because it, it just has to be, doesn't it? And the sole reason that we're undefeated still and, and, and we're still in the cup just goes above and beyond, always does what's asked of him. He never lets you down and, and yeah, and got the goal, of course. So, yeah, it, it has to be um, Stu Armstrong for me too. A little bit of a curveball that I want to throw as well is do you think that, because uh, on reflection of this game, I think this is quite an interesting game to analyse. So I'm glad I'm on this podcast for this one. Um, what do you think going into next season? Because obviously, if there's, there's the ifs of if we get promoted, if we don't. I, I'm looking at it thinking, if we don't get promoted, we're going to lose so many players and it's going to really rip the heart out of the team. Do you think that, some of this is about forward planning about the if of staying in the championship next season and the fact that we're probably going to lose, you know, Walker Peters, Harold Bellis, Bednarek, Downs, Adams, Suleiman, Alcaraz, almost, I'd, I'd be fairly certain that they would leave and we'd be left with, you know, uh, building a team around the likes of Bazzuni, Manning, Bree, Stevens, Fraser, Smallbone, Rebo, and maybe even Adam Armstrong. And, if, you know, if he, if a big bid didn't come in for him, that I, I wonder if part of this is to see who would be in contention for for that squad next next year. What do you reckon? I think you're right. I think there's a lot, there's a hell of a lot. I mean, I didn't even realise until you started mentioning all the players that we would lose. It, it just dawns on you that it's so important that we do go up. Um, yeah, the first one, obviously, Kyle Walker Peters, he's gone, isn't he? He's he deserves to be Premier League right now. Shay Adams has gone. Uh, yeah. Taylor Howard Bellis has gone back to City and then he'll probably get another loan uh, somewhere else. Or, or go to a Premier League side. I, or I would... or sign, to, uh, sign for a Premier League side, yeah, because he, he deserves to be playing Premier League football as well. Yeah, and to your point about players 
staying. I don't think it's that bad for a championship side to have the likes of Adam Armstrong and Sekumara running the line up there with uh, Ryan Manning, James Bree at the back with Gavin Bazunu. And I'm not so sure about Jan Bednarek. I don't think he'll go if I'm being honest. Um, Ryan Fraser. Yeah, that's a tough one because he likes it here, but does he only like it here because there's a chance that he could, he got, you know, go back up to the premier league. Will he uh, want to re-sign and, and play in the championship yet again? Um, but yeah, Alcaraz has gone. But it's a face value that I, he, he he would love to be here next season. Um, but I think um, yeah, I, I just think that there are there's there's usually a lot of uncertainty, but there is actually a fair bit of certainty of players that would leave. That's unusual because you know the core of the team, including loan players, that's part of the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Howard Bellis and, and Fraser, but um, I just think that you know we. We're, we're, as fans, we want to be very focused on getting to the Premier League, and um, and thus my comments about you know playing the likes of Liverpool to see where we're at. But mm. I just think like you know, if we don't, it's going to be a very different season next season. And Definitely. we know what the system is to play for new players. You don't have and, the parachute payments either. You can't rely on them for you know going down from the Premier League to to this season. We've had that to rely on. You won't get yeah. that now. It's um, there's only so long well, you can rely on on finances like that. Yeah, they they do they they will diminish. You know, I, yeah, exactly. Heard that, so there would be still payments. That I've heard um, from some somewhere I can't say where that okay. you know there would be quite a, uh, a a sum of money to make up if we didn't get promoted at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, you know that we would rely on player sales to to do that, um, which you know uh, is Sca- would, scary. <laughs> it is. It is very scary. So you know, there's, a, there's so much riding on it to get up into the Premier League. Um, so much of it, and you know, we can't take such large gambles that could potentially be to the detriment of us getting up there. So you know, then from that perspective, we can absolutely gamble in in the uh, in the cup. So so maybe you know, maybe I'm completely wrong, and we should have changed, should have done exactly what Russ Martin did. Um, but you know. <laughs> Quite, it is quite possible that these are the sort of players that we're going to have to go with next year if um if, if that's if that is their forward planning and uh these i guess there will be a lot of loan deals as well if we don't go up yeah yeah but you know let's uh let's let's remain positive and like <laughs> so i i really think you know that it's within our within our grasp to get one of those um automatic promotion slots so yeah definitely i don't want those playoffs i really don't want it yeah yeah automatic or bust for me um but yeah okay we, we we return back to the to the championship and our challenge for Ipswich and, and Leicester at the top and we play Rotherham bottom of the league Rotherham with just three wins to their name and um, all of them at the New York Stadium though by the way um so we will go there on Saturday the third uh Rotherham then will uh you you ask a Saints fan what's the biggest disappointment in this amazing run that we're on I'm sure 90% of them will say that home tie, uh, home game against Rotherham back in uh, in early October, because we were coming off the, the you know the four losses on spin. We had that big win at home against Leeds. We had a big win at Stoke on the Tuesday, and then we go back home against Rotherham, and they were struggling in every concept back then, and you know goals they were conceding a lot, and then we go and draw one-one, a game that we dominated. We had 80% possession. We had 22 shots to their four. Uh, if I remember, Victor Johansson and their net was terrific. Uh, we had an yes, XG of 3.1 and theirs was 
And that was the biggest yeah. discrepancy this season. Um, Stuart Armstrong scored in the opening two minutes, if you remember, and then we thought we would cruise it. Jordan Hugill came out with the unlikely equaliser just under 20 minutes left. And yeah, just a really frustrating afternoon. And is there going to be a sense of revenge or do we just need to go and do what's expected of us and just forget that's what's gone before and just keep this run going and, and, and challenge for the second spot again? Oh, it's got it's got nothing to do with revenge. You know, we yeah. we, we are our own worst enemy sometimes. And that was one of the games that, um, you know, well, saying that, you know, their keeper um, was was brilliant. Um, yep. like you said. Um, yeah, but like, like I said, it's no revenge. You know, they they came and they they, they had a good game plan. They they, they did well. Um, you know, it was surprising given how well they played in that game. Um, how how they didn't pick points up elsewhere a bit more throughout the season. Yeah, we don't have a a, a right. We, there's, we have no right to win games any more than any other side. You know, but it's not it's not we don't go into games with them being one with ours to lose. You know, everything's a contest, and this is kind of the whole point of the championship. You know. Um, everyone beats everyone. But if we're going to get those automatic um, promotion slots, we, ha- we have to win, don't we? You have to. Of course we do. Games like this that have to just be won. And and maybe the fact that, you know, we're bringing back that, um, you know, we'll, I assume we'll bring back the, the starting 11 um, that we've been using for mo- the, the run. Fucking better do. <laughs> that we would, you know, that they would go back to, to want to have something to prove as well. You know, to prove that why they're the um, why they're the starting eleven. But I mean, Rotherham have got the blueprint. They know how to do it. They just need to repeat what they did then. Um, and and you know, it, anything's possible, especially in front of their own fans as well. They're, but, they're out. They're out of the cup as well. Don't forget, they they got beat by Fulham, uh, narrow defeat by the way. Um, so they had last week off, and they get this week to prepare. So yeah, I would say we we've got better at, at breaking teams down. Oh, of course, people. we're a different side. Yeah, we yeah. are. So I think we, we we've got that um, we've got that which we didn't have when we last played them. So yeah, big chance to prepare for this game and and you know th- their last league game actually they did something that we couldn't do. They went to the Riverside and picked up a point. Um, and actually mm. they've taken four points off of Borough this season. They, they, you know their their three wins at home have come against some good sides as well. You know uh, Middlesbrough on Boxing Day they had Coventry and they beat Norwich as well. So. They can make things difficult, as we know all too well. So it's just a matter of we, we, we just can't be complacent, which I hope they I mean, I, this is not Russell Martin, is it? Russell Martin does not allow the team to get complacent. You don't expect him to. No. Um, they're, they're struggling for goals, as we know. I and mean, Jordan Hugo's leading scorer for them with just three. Uh, and and cafu has got four assists leading them. Yeah. Um, there, the, it's, if we just go and do what we have to do. But treat it like it's it's a must because everything's a must now, isn't it? With the with this league, yeah. Um, then then yeah, there's no reason that we can't have a big win here. Yeah. Or a win would do. Yeah, it's about how we approach it and and everything. I think um, there is a a slightly different significance to the game as well because I don't know if you remember that the that 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 Rotherham game was there was a medical emergency in the stands. I do remember it was right in, right behind me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is, um, you know, which I think is now reported about what the, what the outcome of that was, which is, um, yeah, which is extremely sad. So maybe there's a, another element to it in the game. Don't know. Yeah, because I, if I remember, the uh, Victor Johansson, the goalkeeper, was the only one who seemed to stop for Rotherham uh, because the referee didn't stop the game at that point, um, which was uh, 
yeah that, yeah. that, that, that is something that i'll take from that no tim no kev uh, but they have given me their predictions um and kevin is going for a 3-1 saints win uh, and tim is going for a 2-1 saints win me yeah like i said i think we're a completely different side to that we were we were improving slowly improving in that october meeting with them um we've reached our peak performance now and i don't think we'll have any problems so i'm going to go for a convincing and comfortable 3-0 victory to saints Ooh. how about but- you william well, I tend to be pessimistic in my... Um, Six nil. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say... No, I, I think it's a. I think it's, a, it's going to be a 2-0 for me. I would usually go for a 2-1 in this kind of game. Um, but I just don't think that, you know, they're, they're not as free scoring, are they? So I, not, think, no. I think we could, you know, we, the, our defence has got a point to prove after this last game. Um, and you know, well, it's going yeah. to be a completely different back four. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, exactly. well Harb- Harwood Bellis, you expect oh, to start, but you know. yeah. But yeah, I- I'm going to go for a two now. Okay, nice. Um, and then on to our Discord results. Then only four people going with draws. Uh, Burke one went two two, so he scores two points. Uh, but maximum points for Kurt Supple, Kevin McGee, and Stufa, who correctly went one one. So. Well done, guys. Um, get those Rotherham predictions in then. Uh, put it on the Discord and the predictions channel, uh, and I will uh, get that locked in. Uh, and Super 6, round 31 was won by Anthony Dark with uh, 14 points. And then round 32, Anthony Dark again uh, with Russ Sayers, Dan Buck, Adrian Gowder, Terry Lubbock on 13. Overall, uh, Andrew Knight still has the lead on 280. Next week, we are going to be discussing that uh, that game at Rotherham and probably preparing for that FA Cup replay uh, and the Huddersfield game. Uh, so, yes, Will, uh, thanks again, mate, for, for coming on. And I hope you've enjoyed your uh, sub appearance again. I've loved it. Thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, hopefully I'll be on another one sometime when if we've got... Uh few people out or or whichever um Come but yeah. Whenever, yeah you're yeah. always welcome uh, awesome. I i'm supposed to have us we can maybe have a foursome Oof, spicy yeah let's do it <laughs> um yeah okay so until then uh up the saints up the saints up the saints up my southampton Podcast Network.